This is KDRT 95.7 FM, Davis, California. Welcome to Cowboy Tracks. I'm your host, Nancy Flagg, bringing you real Western music and cowboy poetry. Cowboy Tracks is on live every Friday at 1 o'clock for an hour. And you can also hear a replay Thursday nights at 9 p.m. And the most recent versions of the show are online at kdrt.org. Today's show is titled Women of the Wild West. Today we're going to give our attention to the women of the old wild west. The famous, the infamous, and the unsung women who shaped the frontier. Here are their tales. Those western women, my restless kin, were young and wild as the west was then. They could plow and cook, they could shoot and ride, whatever it took, they would survive. It was said in jest when the west was new. Kicked it off there with The Wild, Wild Women of the Wild, Wild West by Lynn Anderson. I'd like to start off uh, this episode telling you about Sacagawea. Um, I couldn't actually find a, a good song about her except for this instrumental one, so we'll let this play in the background while I just tell you a little bit about, about her. This uh, song is by Eric Tinstad and Nancy Rumble. 
Sacagawea was a Native American woman of the Sashoni tribe, and she was a critical player in the opening of the West. When Lewis and Clark were tasked by President Jefferson in 1804 to explore and to map the newly acquired Louisiana Territory, Western lands, Sacagawea traveled with Lewis and Clark, guided them, and served as interpreter of the expedition. And this expedition, it covered thousands of miles all the way to the Pacific coast. She helped manage tensions between the explorers and the Native Americans, and her role was just so key in the exploration of these Western lands.
like no one else I know. She leave her happy home to roam the buffalo. She was my best friend, though it never made a lick of sense. An honor I'll defend till the sky red devil repents. Hard to find an act to follow. This world will never be the same. Gonna fill my glass, raise it to calamity, Jane. Gonna fill my glass. Raise it to Calamity Jane. Gonna fill my glass. Raise it to Calamity Jane. That was Gary Allegretto and Ian Espinosa singing about Calamity Jane. Calamity Jane, or her given name, Martha Jane Cannery, was a white woman born in 1852, and as a teenager, her family moved to Montana, and when her the parents died, she took on whatever job she could to support the family. Over the course of her life, she was a, show, a soldier, a Pony Express rider, a nurse, a sharpshooter in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, a prospector and a reputed hard drinker and cusser. She lived a raucous and wild cowboy life, and she was also in love with Wild Bill Hickok. When, when she died in Deadwood, South Dakota, she was buried next to him. This next song is about Stagecoach Mary, or Mary Fields. She was the first black woman stagecoach driver for the U.S. Postal Service. She was six feet tall and 200 pounds. Mary was born a slave in 1832 in Tennessee, but was freed when slavery was outlawed. She later moved to Montana and was said to drink whiskey and swear. But she had a heart of gold. She opened a restaurant and would serve food to anyone, even those who couldn't pay. But uh, that business model didn't work too well, so the restaurant went out of business. At age 60, she became a mail carrier and was known for her reliability. If the snow was too deep for the horses, she delivered the mail on snowshoe. Here's a poem by Marlene Busma, all about Stagecoach Mary. Michelle. The 38 is smoking. She has fired every shell. Her adversary's emptied out his six-shooter as well. The mission employs both these hotheads doing heavy work. He casts aspersions on her and then seals them with a smirk. He underrates her anger, undertakes his job to clean a fragrant comfort station. Yep, the mission's lone latrine. Malicious, mean, with murder in her heart, she gives pursuit to find him, shoot him, dump him down, the privies, one whole shoot. Her faulty first shot booms and warns like thunder near his head. Responding with his sidearm, he declines to be shot dead. 
Hot bullets blaze a path in each direction where they're fired. The miracle unfolding is that neither one's expired. Behind the nunnery, six-foot Mary stands her fiery ground. A crude and quick assessment of the damages has found a ricochet has hit her rival's buttock on the left. But worse than that, a nearby clothesline weighted with the heft of shirts and manly bloomers of the bishop now displays new ventilated undies aired in most creative ways. The bishop, filled with outrage, fires Mary on the spot and gives the injured man a raise. Blind justice is forgot. This proud and independent woman, used to shrivel dreams, wipes failure from her feet and walks to where she soon redeems her livelihood that earns an entry in the history books. She's lucky that this job does not require pleasing looks. Her interview demands that she will hitch a team of six more quickly to the stagecoach than her rival derelicts. This woman, 60 years of age, just blows them all away. She hitches horses like a pro, her talents on display. While waiting for competitors to finish with their task, she turns to the saloon to have a drink, where she will bask and laugh at fumbling cowpokes while she smokes her foul cigar. She's adding stagecoach driver to her growing repertoire. The U.S. Postal Service hires her with skin that's dark and black as burned-up prairie. She's the first one who will mark a spot delivering U.S. mail as someone from her race. The stagecoach route will take her through a wild and lawless place. A former slave from Tennessee, she's reborn once again. Two hundred pounds of woman does the work of several men. The job of mailman suits her well. She does not miss a day. The vast Montana Territory's rugged passageway lays down a challenge with its blinding blizzards, rain, and heat. She fights off wolves and outlaws with her shotgun, no small feat. When snowdrifts get too deep to pull the stagecoach on the trail, she ties the horses to a tree and snowshoes with the mail. Respect rewards her with the nickname Stagecoach by the town. Cascade, Montana celebrates her birthdays, closing down the schools each year to revel, praise, salute, applaud, and cheer this pistol-packin'-drinking legend of the tough frontier. Next up is Cattle Kate, otherwise known as Ellen Liddy Watson. She was born in 1860 and was both a pioneer and an alleged outlaw. She worked hard to build her life in the frontier, saved her money, and bought land and cattle. But then she was accused, wrongly accused, of being a cattle rustler and was lynched by vigilantes of the cattle barons. Her death was touted as a Wild West woman meeting her just end, but in reality it was the greed of the cattle barons and their hatred of her daring to raise her own herd. This is Cattle Kate, sung by Trinity Seeley.
legend that not many know It's a story of greed and of hate A cold-blooded murder in the West It is known as the lynching of cattle cave Kind-hearted woman and a hard-working man Doing their best to make do in a rugged lawless land. Ella and James were their rightful names, though the rumors claim tore us in peace. Powerful stockmen who wanted their land turned the other men vigilante. Trinity Seeley, Cattle Kate. This one by Laura Lee Northcott is called The Weaver, and it's about a Native American Washaw basket weaver whose name was Datsola Lee. She was in northwestern Nevada, and her basket work tells the story of her people. Mm-hmm. 
I dreamed last night of a muddy river bound by sage and cottonwood tree and along the banks neath the rushes and the willows a tender hand cuts a slender reed and oh wash a woman named Atsulali traps spirits in the baskets that she weaves though often scorned and uneducated in her gentle hand she holds a masterpiece and her baskets tell the story of a people and a way of life long since passed away and the legends handed down from her ancestors are preserved in every basket that she makes just a piece of glass and a year of labor are the only two that Sulali needs to strip the bark from the firs and the cedars and the roots that put the color in the weed from dawn till dusk at the cabin door Sulali sits amidst her baskets spread out on the floor no two alike and each a different name like many chiefs in council and a hunt for game and her baskets tell the story of a people and a way of life long since past They are voices that can still be heard today I dreamed last night of a muddy river Bound by sage and cottonwood tree And along the banks, neath the rushes and the willows A tender hand that's a slender ring. Coming up is one from Junie Fisher. This is Wild New Mexico Cowgirl. It's about Junie's actual grandmother, who was a cowgirl. And the CD has a uh, 1916 photo of Marie Overstreet astride a horse in her cowboy gear. (laughs) 
that she once was a cowgirl. Somehow I couldn't imagine how that could be. But after her funeral, my mama showed me a picture. And there was a cowgirl whose face was familiar to me. The handwriting read a wild New Mexico cowgirl. She was wearing a scarf and a hat, and her horse was a bay. That was my grandma, that wild New Mexico cowgirl. Oh, what I'd give if I could have seen her that way. She was born on a ranch south of Denver, outside Sedalia. The summers were warm, but the winters were four months of snow. When she was seven, her pa bought a ranch in Fort Sumner. Took the cattle and horses and kids down to New Mexico. Well, that was the start of the wild New Mexico cowgirl Wearing her split skirt and gloves for the picture that day And when I look at that wild New Mexico cowgirl I wish that I could have known her when she lived that way She got married And ten years later She was a widow with kids Her days in New Mexico May have been but a memory But the cowgirl she used to be Helped her do all that she did By God she was strong That wild Nothing could stand in her way And though she is gone That wild New Mexico cowgirl Looks right at me when I look in the mirror today That was my grandma The wild New Mexico cowgirl You're listening to KDRT 95.7 FM, Davis, California. This is the Cowboy Tracks Show, and we're doing a special today on Women of the Wild West. And that last one was Junie Fisher, New Mexico, Wild New Mexico Cowgirl. Here in Davis, at, on the campus of the university, is the Bohart Museum of Entomology, and it has one of North America's largest collections of insects from around the world. The museum, 
Museum is also home to the California Insect Survey, a storehouse of the insect biodiversity of California's deserts, mountains, coast, and Central Valley. I was looking online here, and it says that there are more than 7 million specimens of terrestrial and freshwater arthropods, and at least 90% of these holdings are insects. Wow, that's a lot of bugs. Well, for more information on visiting hours, tour reservations, and educational programs, call 530-752-0493 or visit Bohart, B-O-H-A-R-T, dot ucdavis dot edu. While we're talking about Davis, let's talk a little bit about Catered and a show that perhaps you've heard before. It's called Divine Intervention, and it strikes the airwaves here with an unholy assortment of ambrosial audio, including much new music that tends to be in the alt-rock, pop-indie-punk genre. There's some roots and randomness, and a favorite feature of each episode is vinyl Vespers, where the host, Jess Goddess, plays the best of the worst from the record store Bargain Bins. Divine Intervention is on live on Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. And you can also find out replay times by going to kdrt.org and clicking the Schedule tab. Annie Oakley. She was a white woman born in 1860 and a sharpshooter who joined Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. She had incredible marksmanships that thrilled audiences. She could hit dimes thrown up in the air from, you know, 30 paces away. Uh, she, they even, at that time there were, uh, when free theater tickets were given out, they were also often called Annie Oakley's because the ticket would get punched to show that had been used and the appearance of it was kind of reminiscent of a trick that Annie Oakley would do which was shoot playing cards that were thrown up in the air and she'd shoot a bunch of holes in them from a great distance and anyway she was quite famous for her time and there was even a musical written about her here's uh, a song called Annie Oakley by the Biscuit Burners
cigarette. Buffalo Bills gave her fame and fortune. She gave it all to those who were in was listening to that again that song and i forgot about the uh, they sang about how she used to shoot the ash off a cigarette but they didn't mention that it was the cigarette was in her husband's mouth <laughs> at the time and he was you know probably about 30 paces away when she would do this trick yikes coming up we have a song by Joni harms about bell star she was also known as the bandit queen Bell was born in 1848 and was known as a drinker, a gambler, and a horse thief. She loved to shoot and ride. Her family moved to Texas, running from the Yankees. In a velvet dress, she'd ride through town, shooting at the sky. She loved to drink and gamble, and play her old piano. Race ruckus like the West had never seen. She'd steal your horse, not your cattle, and she always rode side saddle. Dallas came to love the bandit queen. She married several gunmen, but a great big Cherokee Indian was the one whose name she chose to be her own. Bell Star knew all us outlaws, from Texas back to Arkansas. We hid out in the rolling hills of her Oklahoma home. We loved to drink and gamble. She'd play her old piano. Raise a ruckus like the West had never seen. She'd steal your horse, not your cattle. And she always rode side saddle. Dallas came to love the bandit queen. She knew the James gang and the Youngers with a shotgun. Put her under, fired by Edgar Watson, a coward, not a man. Her sweet daughter tried to save her, but the Dallas morning paper said they buried her in a pine box and put her pistol in her hand. Oh, she loved to drink and gamble, play her old piano, raise a ruckus like the West had never seen. She'd steal your horse, not your cattle. And she always rode side saddle. Dallas will always love the bandit queen. Oh, and Dallas will always love that. 
that bandit Joni Harms singing about Bill Starr. We have another one here from Lauren Lee Northcott. The song is called Molly Terry. Uh, Molly Terry is a fictitious person, but she is representative of the many unnamed women who did the long Texas cattle drives. Molly Terry. I was born in Rosebud, Texas. When I was young, my folks died, and that was how they left us. In 1873, adventuresome, I'll allow. I want to tell you about the time I chased the longhorn cow. For a job came up, trailing cattle, helping cooking crew. And that sounded good to me, any job with horses would do. With bovine mavericks, unbranded and wild, I guess I fit right in up the Texas road wheel file. I was on my own and as quiet as a mouse. The kind of kid you'd never know was even in the house. For romantic fever took my teeth, I had a black and pitted mom. So as for being a girl, you see nobody cared a song. We took the Chisholm Trail from Fort Worth to Abilene. Across the open prairie, the grass was like a dream. Kiowas took a steer or two, it was looked upon as toll. As we crossed the big red river, up the northern trail we rode. Poor job came up, trailing cattle, helping cooking crew. And that sounded good to me, any job with horses would do. With bovine mavericks, unbranded and wild, I guess I'd been riding up the Texas road with fire. We were circled by Comanches once, chuck wagon me and cook. I've never been so scared, but a horse was all they took. Another time a prairie fire came so hot and close. I've never liked a campfire since I can't stand the smell of smoke. It was drudgery, bad weather, on that we all agree. But there was beauty too, this time of being free. I think about those days, living by this I saved up my wages, I bought me brand new teeth. For a job came up, trailing cattle, helping cooking crew. And that sounded good to me, any job with horses would do. With bovine mavericks, unbranded and wild, I guess I've been riding up the Texas road with files. Women who knew the trail, and I am justly proud to tell to you my tale. I married late in life, I was never blessed with child, 
but I have my memories of a West so young and wild. KDRT hosts many pop-up live music events that are loosely categorized under the moniker Live Dirt. But there's one Live Dirt event that you can plan on each and every month. It's catered live from Armadillo Music for the Downtown Davis Second Friday Art About. Every month, KDRT co-presents live music and interviews from the Armadillo stage. And there's one coming up Tonight, tonight being February 8th, 2019, if you're listening live. So live on the stage at Armadillo Music tonight at 6.30 is the band called According to Bazooka. They're known for their upbeat songwriting and original retro pop music that travels beyond the limits of its folk rock roots. If you can't drop by Armadillo tonight... You can listen live on KDRT 95.7 FM or listen live online at KDRT.org. Big Nose Kate. That was the alternative name for Mary Catherine Haroni Cummings. She was a prostitute, a dance hall girl, and the wife of gunfighter Doc Holliday, and she also caught the eye of Wyatt Earp. Big Nose Kate was there when the shootout at the OK Corral occurred in Tombstone, Arizona. Here's a song about her, sung by Jim Rice. It's a straight shot About a mile from here Where the general store's been boarded All these years As a legend goes There was a big saloon Full of dance hall girls and hookers Dealing skin Here in Wichita Back in 75 Wyatt Earp and his wife Nellie owned the place In this very spot Much to Nell's surprise Earp's heart was stole away by Big Nose Kate She rode in Fresh from the convent school As a dance hall girl She made her way But to look at her would not have guessed the men would flock to be with Big Nose Kate. Mm-hmm. 
Saturday night Feeling forthright He got her drunk And he had his way But the next day When she sobered up Her met the holy wrath Of Big Nose Kate It was a bloodbath So the legend goes Two brothers dead and Wyatt just escaped With his heart broke And his marriage spent He rued the day he messed with Big Nose Kate He rued the day he messed with Big Nose Kate the women of the West. 
That was Jean Prescott, Women of the West. Paula Erlene is up next with Gonna Find Myself in the West. And I hope you've been enjoying this show about how women shaped the Wild West and how all of us were shaped by it and continue to be shaped by it. This is Paula Erlene. Laura Ingalls Wilder was born in 1867 
and is best known for writing the series of books about the little house on the prairie, and it was based on her actual pioneer life. The stories later became a very much-loved TV series that started in the 70s, 1970s, and went into the 80s. We're going to play the theme song from that TV show. And then we're going to sign off here with Big Country by Edgar Meyer. Thank you for listening to the Women of the Wild West special today on Cowboy Tracks. Hope that you're back next week. And until then, happy trails.